Uh, I just want to say it's a real privilege that, um, to be here, and I want to thank you very much for supporting Oak Church Stevenage. Uh, we're one of your kingdom partners. Um, I'm not quite sure entirely how it came about. Uh, sometimes with God, you, you never quite know how it comes about, um, but um, we're really grateful. Um, Oak Church, just really quickly, we planted um, out of a church called Soul Survivor Watford, which you may or may not have heard of. Uh, I was on a pastor there for nine years. I was ordained there, uh, and uh, we left Watford actually seven years ago on Thursday, uh, and we started the church. Um, the team arrived in January. We started the church Easter 2015. It's been a crazy journey, a, a, a fun journey. Uh, we started with um, five young adults, 18 to 22, and Shart and I, uh, they were the core seven. And then um, and we're youth-focused, and I'll, I'll share different things in our journey uh, and um, we're now, we have a bishop mission order, which basically means the diocese um, support us and, and let us minister across Stevenage. Uh, and we just try and we want to see young people meet with Jesus. We're all age, multi-generational, but we steer young. I was given a passage to look at uh, by you, uh, and I'm just going to read it. But I thought you gave me a different passage. Uh, so I kind of had semi-prepared a different talk. Um, but I'm going to... Um, I'm going to, uh, Chris basically said to me, it's very inconvenient he's got COVID, to be honest with you, because he did say to me yesterday evening, um, if you're not very good, we won't invite you back. So I thought that was pretty, that was pretty honest, really. Uh, I mean, he didn't even have the audacity to turn up. That's uh, COVID, but we will pray that he gets over it, obviously, because it's a horrible, horrible disease. So 2 Corinthians uh, 2, 15 to 17, for we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity like men sent from God. And then the verse that I thought you asked me to speak on, uh, it, but you obviously didn't, but I'm going to mention it anyway, uh, is 2 Corinthians 5, 7, which is we live by faith, not by sight. And I'm going to try and morph the two uh, passages um, together. So, yeah, so uh, there's been two, two Corinthians is, is, a, is an epic book in the Bible. I'm sure you would agree. Uh, it, it, has, it has those sort of um, nuggets of faith. In 2 Corinthians 12, uh, Paul reminds us that when we're weak, then we're strong. And that's an iconic passage. And so many times I've, I've been challenged by that. And, and, and there have been times in Stevenage we've been smashed apart in all directions. Uh, uh, we've, we've, uh, uh, funding was withdrawn uh, and, and all of that. And you, you realize quite quickly, unless you rely on God, uh, then, then it's not going to work. Now, I, I want to be honest and say that I don't find relying on God easy. Uh, my dad was a vicar. He's retired now. In fact, quite a lot of my family are vicars. Uh, and my dad's retired now. And I was quite fortunate. My dad was a man's man. So I wasn't, I wasn't picked on at school because people thought, well, you don't get a choice in being a Christian because your dad's a vicar. Uh, and it helped. I played football. I wasn't any good particularly, but it helped because I knew the people that did pick on people who were Christians. But in my school, I thought there were very, very few people who were Christians. But it's even worse now. I don't know if you know the statistics, the moment the Church of England for young people, but I'll just throw them out for you just so we get the context of the passage because the passage is written two and a half thousand or two thousand, well, just under two thousand years ago. And Paul was speaking into a context where people were, were really were quite anti. The Jews are very anti to him. And if you look at the number of people today who are anti to Christianity, my, my cousin is training to be a teacher and he was saying to me this week, he said, like, Adam, the whole, the whole of our school is just steered against Christianity. He says, I listen to what the RE teachers teach the young people about Christianity, and it's like, no wonder they don't believe. 
So the stats in the UK, just to throw it out, just to give you the context of where we are today, is that there are 16,500 parishes in the Church of England. 40% have zero, zero under-16s. Another four or 5,000 parishes have five north of 16s. That's zero, zero age, north of 16s. And 1%, um, just under 1% have more than 25, which I imagine is probably where you might be. Uh, so if you've ever thought you're poor... With, with young people and children in the Church of England in terms, you're super rich. Uh, and that's quite sad, isn't it? And, that, that's a, you know, and I was in a, in a talk with a guy recently, and he was saying, he was really honest, he said, unless the church turns around its heart for young people, by the year 2030, which is eight years ago in eight years' time, in six weeks' time, if you like, um, most churches have like none. And so it's really critical. And Paul was speaking at a time where there are other challenges, but it was equally critical. And Paul Barnett, in his, um, his commentary on, on, on the Bible Speaks Today commentary on 2 Corinthians, describes 2 Corinthians 2 as a magnificent theological, theological passage that the power of God is brought to bear on us in our weakness. So I was last here two years ago, just before COVID. None of us saw it coming. I didn't own a face mask or anything like that. And the world has changed in that time. But in the time that Paul was speaking, there were other challenges. What is it about the smell? What, what is it about the aroma that aroma that made it so interesting? Why was it brought in there? Well, Paul was a Roman citizen, as you know, and he had a dramatic encounter with, with God. He, he, he was someone who murdered Christians. And then he encountered God in this Damascus Road experience where God bellowed out from the sky, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And he sort of turns around, as you know, and if you know the story, he's, he, he can't see anything and he's led into the city. But he was a Roman citizen. And the uniqueness of the smell was that the Romans, as we know, are, are empire, were empire builders. Uh, St. Albans is a stunning city. And as we know, was one of the first uh, Roman, Roman places in, in the UK. But what they did is when they won a battle, they would burn incense. Because you, you smell before you see. And so what would happen is that um, when they conquered some far-flung place, they would light this incense two or three miles before they arrived in, in different cities, before they arrived in Corinth, before they arrived in Ephesus, before they arrived in Galatia. And the people of the city would know they'd won. And Paul was basically saying to this audience, look, you know, you may feel I'm not very qualified to speak, because I used to murder Christians, but I have encountered Jesus all in. And as I was praying for you in Cornwall, shan't I have been away this week? It seems to be the week the pastors go away. Advent's coming up. See you later. Someone else can only leave the church. Uh, and um, uh, you came to mind at sort of five in the morning on, on Friday morning, which is the morning we're arriving home, driving home. And I just wondered if maybe God was saying a few things. Like, I'm just going to throw them out, really. Uh, and uh, and then you know I guess you you know take take as you wish. So the first is um, what do you smell like as a Christian community? Did, it, it, you know, when people get that leaflet through their door, there's now going to be a lot of fear because we've seen Boris Johnson announce all these things. It, it feels like oh man, in 20 months here we go again. And I've got my booster jab booked for um, for Friday morning and stuff, and I, I'm not really looking forward to it. But, but, but I think, you know, it's a necessity. But what do we smell like? Because what people don't want to see is a triumphalism 
They tried that in America. He was called Donald Trump. It didn't work out very well in the wider scheme of things. I'm not making a comment on American politics, but what happened on Capitol Hill, whether you were pro or pre, wasn't, wasn't cool, wasn't good. What, what do you smell like as a church? What do, what do we smell like in Stevenage? You know, what is the context of the community, the mission field that you're, you're speaking into? I looked this morning just on the number of people that lived in Chesham. According to the 2011 census, which obviously is 10 years old now, so it's coming out again, there's 21,000 people who live in Chesham. And I looked at Chesham, Chesham Boys. Is that the right pronunciation? Because I know people are quite particular on whether, how it's pronounced. So Chesham Boys apparently is 3,200. Now, if you take the fact that in Buckinghamshire, there are 10% of people between the age of 10 and 17, that would imply that in Chesham Boys, you have maybe sort of 300 young people. And in Chesham as a place, you have 2,000 young people. And I guess I want to ask you, not to be provocative, in Stevenage, there are 10,000 young people. What are you bringing? What smell are you revealing to change the curve, which is that we're going in the wrong direction with young people? What is it that young people are seeing from you? And it's not just, oh, well, the young people are there, we'll just let them looking up to them. And, and, um, and, and or maybe to be contentious, you know, Paul was like, we don't want to smell like the triumphant Roman soldiers. We want to smell like Jesus. And as a community, what I always love about whenever I come here is that I always feel like you smell like Jesus. You look like Jesus. You want to follow Jesus. The worship in here is fantastic. But you can't get 2,000 people in here. You can't get 2,000 young people in here. And you can't get 20,000 here, at least not legally. Risk assessment, people can stand in the corridor. So, so I guess the question I'm asking is, what does it smell like away from here? If I lived in Chesham, why would I want to come to St. Leonard's over Christmas if I get a leaflet through my door? Shan't and I are uh, selling our house in Watford tomorrow. We collected loads of mail. There were 50 leaflets. I just recycled a lot, particularly one from the Jehovah Witnesses. What do we smell like? Why don't you turn around and uh, ask one another, what do we smell like? The other thing that Paul, the other thing that Paul had to battle was that he had people questioning his reputation. They were questioning why, where was he qualified? He refers to it in 2 Corinthians 2.16 about the many, but he doesn't say who the many are. I've learned something uh, leading a church. I learned a few things. One is that um, I used to think I was good on control. I used to think I was like, you know, I'm a youth worker. I'm a youth. Church planting is youth work with a dog collar. That, that's what it is. Uh, and I remember Archbishop Justin Welby um, hearing a story where he talked about his first job. And it, after a month, he went to speak to his incumbent. And he said, look, in this first month, um, Mr. Vicar, I've, I've greeted people uh, in the street. I've gone to the charity shop umpteen times. I've gone to the tip. Uh, I have um, bought people Costa Coffee or Starbucks or the equivalent. I just wondered when ministry was going to start. And the wise old chap said to him, this is ministry. And he's like, but when does the preaching start? When, when does all the sort of, and he's like, but you are preaching because the life that you're living is the preaching is the word they're going to see. And so 
Paul lived the life that followed Jesus all in, but people were questioning him. About 20 years ago, Shart and I lived in, in, in Surrey, and a well-known international global superstar church community decided they were going to plant in Surrey. And they plant in London, and they are, I'm not going to name them because it, I don't think it's important, but they, you know, if I said to them, you would have heard of them. It's not Soul Survivor, just so we're clear. Uh, and um, they planted with us in Stevenage. Uh, and so um, there was uproar in the local community. Because if these guys rocked up, they would be like, we're going to lose all our young people. Uh, we, you know, we just are. So these guys, this global superstar thing, heard about it. And what did they do? They sent their wives to face the pastors. Now... I really wish I'd been invited. It was one of those things where you kind of like, you want to be invited, but I'm, I wasn't a vicar, I was a youth worker. And so what did the clergy do? They couldn't be angry with all these glamorous-looking Southern Hemisphere wives. So they used their best arguments in terribly well-spoken English to convey their concerns, which were really about insecurity. And what Paul is addressing here is the many, it's not about your CVs, I don't care that you went to London School of Theology. I don't care that you went to St. Melitus. I don't care where you went. It doesn't count. What counts is the aroma of Christ. It's about the, it's about the conversion that we know that we're all in. And I guess I want to ask you, second question, are you all in as a community? Or is it hokey-cokey faith here? Is it your bit of you's in and a bit of you's out? You look at the plans, the church building, and you're like, how long is that going to take? I'm not up for that, so I'm going to withdraw. But then you hear about the mission field, then you jump back in. Do you practice musketeer theology here as a church? One for all and all for one. Like you're all in. We have to be all in. And you can say, well, that's okay for you to say. And you're right, it's okay for me to say. But there's four witnesses in the room who can say, are we all in in Stevenage? The team know, and most of our team is under the age of 25, because they have to be, because we're a youth-focused church. And I'm old, I'm 49. Or older, of course, not old. Um, but um, the, the team know that we, we, try to say it, it's, we try to be all in together. And they know that if they make a mistake, it's my fault. And it, I'm not just saying it to be nice. It's my fault. It's, it's on me. But if, if they succeed, it's on them. That's just the way I want to be. That's the way I was taught in Watford. You know, Mike P was great. If we make a mistake, it's on him. We succeed, it's all of us. And I think that's the way it is with Laurie and Chris. That's what really draws them to me. This church, you're the first church, apart from the one that sent us, that invited my wife and I to something to come and be. We do loads of serving, but no one else had invited us to come and just be at something. And you paid for us. And you gave us a really nice room, which my wife particularly appreciated. <laughs> like, it, you're an amazing church community. You're a splendid family. And sometimes you just pat yourselves on the back and say, thank you. But let's keep sharp, eh? It's no good going to the gym for one year getting super fit and then the next year eating donuts every day and never going again. Paul is basically saying, let's stay fit together. Are you all in? Because one of the things about this pandemic is it's leveled the playing field. This global superstar church now is in the use for the wrong reasons. Their playing field has been leveled. Our playing field has been leveled. We've lost people in, in this pandemic. We've lost older, mature Christians who we really wanted. Um, not because they hate us, they're just their children. Some of them said their children, their children don't follow God anymore, they don't want to come to church anymore. I, mean, I kind of said to them that church isn't really for those that follow God, it's for everyone, but you know, that's you know, semantics. But we've also gained young adults. 
which is lovely, but, but a lot of them come with no faith or, or a limited faith or a different understanding, and it takes time. And again, what we envy here is you have an all-age community. We have one couple who have retired, uh, and everyone else is younger, but, but they're shield, so we don't have that. We miss their wisdom. You know, Solomon is wise and right when he says about the silver hair that you have and stuff. It's a, it's a crown of splendor. It's wisdom. The, the best youth workers for me, the, and I've been a youth worker 25 years, and you agree or disagree, the best youth workers for me are retired people because they jump a generation. My friends Mike and Mary in their 80s, I took them to Soul Survivor in their late 60s, and I, said, I gave them one job. I took them to the festival for so seven, eight years in a row, I gave them one job. So I said, all I want you to do is to love young people. I don't mind how you do it. I don't care how you do it. Just make sure it's legal. Uh, and... <laughs> And, and, it, it was, and I watched, and they, took, and they said, look, Adam, we're old. We're not going to sleep in a tent. I said, no, I totally understand that. So they brought their caravan. They, and I watched young people. They counseled young people all, all week. And one night, I went into their caravan, and, they, they, and we, we took a group of 60, 70 young people. And I went into their caravan, and, and they just, another young person just left, and they just had trays of Kleenex on, on, in their caravan. Uh, and, um, and Mary was drinking a glass of wine. I said, when, uh, Mary, I said, it's a dry sight. She's like, it's a dry white wine. And I, I, said, I, I said to her, I said, I said, Mary, look. She said, look, Adam, you've asked me to come and love young people. Mike and I love young people. But we need a glass of wine to chill out. They can go clubbing and do whatever they want. We have to listen to that music till 2 in the morning. We just need this. And like, you go with that. But their, their experience of young people is off the scale. And I reckon there are people in this church You've got that. But I might be totally wrong about this, but I really feel God say that some of you have benched yourselves in pandemic. It's a, it's a football expression. You've taken yourselves out of the game. Maybe you're nervous. Maybe like my uh, friends Tony and Mora, you're shielding uh, in, in Stevenage. But I would encourage you to really go all in with young people. And, and, and if you're a parent, if you're not yet retired, it's not what you're saying, I'm, I'm useless till I'm 60. No, I'm not saying you're not useless till you're 60, but like get behind, support, go Go all in. Paul was all in for Jesus. He was all in. So if this playing field has been leveled, then let me just move to the seven words in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Because I just wonder if these seven words have something to say um, to, to all of us, really. So basically, uh, I shared this before, and we're nearly done. How long? Sort of, oh, cool. Okay, no worries. You're very gracious. So 2 Corinthians 5, if 2 Corinthians 2, if Paul is talking about the context of, of, of the Roman Empire and, and, and being a witness and being all in and being the aroma of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, the, the kind of narrative, and I'm sure you know this because you look like you're intelligent people, uh, is it's about the eschatology. And eschatology is a big theological word to mean the now and not yet. So we live in the now that, that we are Christians, we can follow Jesus through his spirit, we, we can engage with him, and the not yet is the world to come, it's the, in the life to come the imagery that we, we read about and the kind of the heaven to come, the realm to come. And there's this book that's doing the rounds in Christian ministry, which I really re recommend, called Gentle and Lowly. And lots of people have been talking about it, and I thought, I don't want to read that because everyone else is talking about it. But I took it away and I started reading it and realized why everyone is reading it. And one of the things it talks about it is that when it comes to miracles, and you guys believe in miracles and you're a church of miracles and your Jesus ministry speaks for itself uh, in, in a really positive way, is that actually... To some people, miracles are exactly that. They're just like out there, things that we don't attain. But actually, when we pray for healing, that's what we're supposed to be doing. 
because actually the world that God, you know, the, the now not yet, and you guys get this because I'm talking to the converted. But sometimes in Stevenage, we don't get it, if I'm really honest with you. We, we see it as a one-off. My friend Greg in the top left-hand corner up there, he, he is absolutely, he's like one of those annoyingly joyful people 24-7. Uh, and, and, but he prays, for, he prays for healing, and he believes it's going to happen. And then recently, I, like, we play a lot of football together. He's, he's, I have to confess, he's actually quite good. Uh, but um, he, he prayed for my back recently, and, and he went up to me, and he just said, uh, Jesus heal Adam, Amen, and walked off. And I was like, is that it? You know, and, but he was just like, that's just, well, he just, that's it. He, he just, he believes it's going to happen and, 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 you know, that's it. And he's a worship leader. And if you want him, feel free. He's free. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but, um, but basically, we went through this really tough time four years ago. And what happened was the diocese basically said to me, look, we, we, we love what you do. We love your vision. We'll write you a great reference, but there's no more funding. And, and, I, and I remember, like, saying to them, well, I didn't come here for the money. Like, we came here because God made it r- clear. But we, I went for a pronounced time of anxiety, and I, and and suddenly we had to start living by faith. And like, and, and this is not a plea for money, but I'm not asking for any more money. Can I be absolutely clear? I'm just being real because I was asked to be real. Uh, and and I, for me, it, it, I remember the meeting really well. It was a, it was a, it was a horrible meeting. Uh, I went with Charlotte and I and the chair of our trustees. Uh, and with our bishop, who's a really good guy, and the director of mission, who's also a really good guy, and it was nothing personal. But they were just like, we can't. We. we um, but the thing that annoyed me is they said, we don't think you'll get the money to make it work. We don't think you'll get the money to make it work. Because Stevenage is a poor town. It's a working class town, and it's got all the stats you can read about it: highest social housing, highest no religion in Hertfordshire, highest single parent family, highest deprivation indexing. We it's working class town, and but the big resource churches, which are led by lots of my friends, don't plant in places like Stevenage because you don't go after working class. Because all of the evidence suggests that places which are working class are the hardest places to plant a church. But you know, as a Christian, that they're the places you're supposed to be, because because that's what it's that's what it's about. And but again, you guys. You guys, um, you guys get that. And so we went through this time of pronounced anxiety, and, and it really challenged my faith. And I remember uh, God, I remember going back to Watford for a church service, and I remember God speaking to me very clearly and saying, if you really trust me, Adam, I will do a miracle in front of your face, but you've always found trust in me quite difficult. And you're like, yeah, Lord, I do. Yeah, I do find it really difficult. Um, and, uh, and it, it, you know, I'd be quite hard to say that the, the, the period of that time, Personally, I mean, I ended up going into therapy and taking medication to get over the stress and, and, and stuff to get, because it was like it broke my heart. We, we had a vision and God gave us a vision. But one particular day, I came home uh, and, um, and Charlotte, my wife, was painting the house. Now, this isn't unusual because Charlotte's a creative person and she often paints uh, uh, rooms in the house. But I walked in and I wasn't feeling particularly charitable. Uh, and, uh, and I said to Charlotte, what, what, what are you doing? And she said, I'm painting. And I'm like, yeah, but why? And she's like, because I want to. And I'm like, but did you not hear what they said two, three weeks ago? They said that we're the division is over and we have to leave and stuff. And she's like, but God says we're going to stay. I'm like, does he? She's like, yeah. If you asked him, you might listen to him. And I was like, okay, well, okay. If God says he's going, we're going to stay, then we're going to stay. And so there's a sense of faithfulness. And I guess I want to ask you, how faithful are you? to the things that God has said to you in your own lives, but also collectively. I think you're going through a building project, and I imagine it's hit some sort of snags. Every building project hits snags uh, and stuff. But that's because God's in it, isn't it? Like, it's just, um, and I guess, like, it, I don't know if that's okay to say, ask and say, but, like, so, you know, how faithful? Are you holding on to things that God has said to you? Like, I, I, I'm on a journey of therapy. Okay? I still have therapy. 
So it's four years since the conversation. But I believe that God's called me to Stevenage, and it's my responsibility to, to, to lead the team. I can't ask them to come and move. I can't ask Greg to move from Dartford. I can't ask Lily to come from Shropshire. I can't ask Naomi to go all in. I can't say to Charlotte, oh, you know, and, and not be up for myself. How does that work out? And Paul was saying, like, you know, I'm, I'm all in. Let's have the aroma together. But are you all in, St. Leonard's Cheshire boys? Are you all in? I, I don't know. I'm just asking. The word that really strikes me in these seven words, we live by faith, not by sight, is the word by. It's a little word, but it comes up twice. Now, my brother's a bit of a theologian. Well, he is a theologian. And when he works for St. Lytus, he's a theologian. And I texted him this morning because he's a lot quicker than Google. And I said to him, um, what is the Greek origin of the word by? And the word is die, die, die. And I said, what does it mean? Because I, 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 I've got a hunch what God might be saying. Does it mean this? Because it, it's no good just twisting the Bible to suit your talk. That, that doesn't work for anybody and stuff. And he said, it, it, means, it means through. It means by, being through. And I, I, I think that some of you in this room, probably lots of you, you have, are people who love getting alongside. You're very hospitable. Your welcome is, is wonderful. But I wonder if some of you lost confidence in coming alongside. Jesus came alongside in the Emmaus Road. He came alongside and stuff. And, and, and so I'd encourage you, like, to, you know, are you by people? Are you through people? Are you reliable? If someone, if someone went to your door and they've had an awful time, you know, would you listen to them or would you say, it's a little bit busy, busy right now, can you come back? Because people never come back, do they? I remember my dad did a couple who was going to marry a couple and they said they never had an argument. And my, my dad and mum had a few arguments. Uh, and, and he said to them, um, come back when you've had an argument. They never came back. Now, maybe they found a different vicar to marry them. I'd probably have been tempted to as well. But um, the point is, is they never returned. And there's, we always get moments, so it's so one, one moment. I, I, one of my biggest regrets in life is a young person that he wanted to go forward at Billy Graham concert with me, and he said, will you come with me? And I said, no. What a stupid decision. I don't know where he is now, but I, you know, I, I know it's not on me, but it's a mistake. And I guess to you as young people, I'd say, what's your vision? Or, what's your vision like a, for, for your church, for your community? How, how are you going to reach the 2,000? I was talking to Owen, I think he's your youth worker, and he's a great guy, and an amazing guy. I was saying to him in the car, I said, what's your vision to reach the 2,000? And I'll let you, he'll tell you what he said and stuff. So, like, what's your vision? Uh, can we be by people? And lastly, the other little word in that sentence is not. Now, I must be honest that um, there are certain people in our leadership team that are very good at saying no. And I sometimes like to uninvite them to leadership meetings because I don't really want them to say no to an idea that I think is a God idea. <laughs> do, do, you know, do you have people like that here? Who, who, you know who you are, don't you? Like, I, Ash did where I was a youth worker before, Soul Survivor. We had a PCC meeting, and most of the guys in that room, men and women, were good at saying no. Uh, and I'd feel for the vicar. He'd have a great vision, and he'd sell it. <clears throat> 
And then Duncan would say, oh, but, but that's a really good idea, but how's that going to work? And then Cheryl would say, what is it gonna, what's it going to cost? And then Martha would say, oh, do we really have the team? Then Andrew would say, do you think anyone will come? And then David would say um, something like, um, well, Bob, who's the vicar, it's a lovely idea. But, and then at the end of it, he'd just go home and, and sometimes he'd cry, basically, yeah. And um, so... Um, I don't know if you're aware of the five leadership voices. There's lots of sort of things. There's Myers-Briggs, there's Belbin. So the five leadership voices, you know, connector, creative, um, guardian, uh, nurturer. What's the last one? Pioneer. Thank you. So the guardian is the person that basically they're a stick of the rules. Um, uh, and the connector is like someone, me, who's a bit of a rule extender, shall we say, politely. And uh, Charlotte and some of our team, top, top gift is Guardian. Uh, and, um, and I remember people saying to me, like, risk assessments, risk assessments, you need risk assessment. Like, what's a risk assessment? Uh, and, of course, you, you can't say that now. But Paul, Paul <laughs> which, well, maybe, maybe you can, I don't know. But Paul is, is, is saying, look, you know, we live by not. You, you, you need to have people in your community who are good at saying no. And we need to listen to them. Who was a great example of saying no in the Bible? Nathan. He nailed David, didn't he? In a really gentle way, if you read that passage, he basically said to David, you have taken another man's wife. And he told a story which annoyed David. And then David, you know, when he told a story about the sheep and compassion, which David would get, and then he said, you've done exactly that. I have good friends in my life who tell me when I'm out of line. I made a joke recently and a friend of mine came alongside and he said to me, you need to watch your mouth. You need people like that in this church who will say no, not because they're trying to make a point, but because they understand the wider concept. We live by faith, not by sight. And I finish with this. Where are the visionaries? Now, you probably say, we've got far too many visionaries, and that's okay. But the visionaries are the people that you can see it, but you can't see it. Why are we in Stevenage? Because God called us there. One day we may have to leave, it will break my heart. It is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And it matters to me to see young people meet with Jesus. And it should matter to you as well. And I thank you. With everything I have for the support, I don't mean to get emotional. I'm sorry, Charlotte. I am. It's a privilege to follow Jesus. We do it all in. We do it together. We do it with vision. But we must listen to those that say no. I've got a little video to finish. Um, but I really do feel that some of you, I might be wrong, I think you've benched yourselves in COVID. And God wants to use you powerfully. Amen. <laughs>